is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm. damn that chat. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Aged Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films that have aged like milk in the mind fridge of your mind. Um, I am one of your hosts. I am Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me as ever is. Oh, I forgot my name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom. Like, uh, <laughs> he'll just be Tom today. <laughs> I'm David Rogers. I, I, I know it's always like a 50 50, like, am I going to say your name or are you going to say your name? <laughs> Um, we're so excited to talk about this movie today. The inspiration behind choosing this movie is that I recently had an anniversary um, with my, with my love. Um, and although we did not go on 50 first dates, that is the title of this movie. So it's the 2004 Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie, 50 first dates. David, whose turn is it to do a synopsis? Me or you? Um... I think you did Alien. I'll, I'll shoot. I'll shoot for this one. Go shoot your shot. All right, I'm gonna shoot the shot. Okay, so, so a guy who works at kind of like a SeaWorld kind of amusement park for um, for animals, um, walruses, cute penguins, all that good stuff. He's kind of got this like suave type of thing that he does on the island where women come there to vacation, and he. You know, he, he hooks up with them, goes on a date, and then kind of dips out, comes up with some story to bail on him. He goes to this restaurant, finds this girl he's kind of enamored with, and he's kind of torn. He's like, wow, I really like this girl. Should I, you know, keep on my player ways or actually go for her? Starts to go for her. Um, she actually has a brain injury that she had with an accident with her father when they almost hit a cow and she can only remember like the day and then when she goes to sleep she forgets everything so he has to keep coming back keep coming back um gets in trouble sometimes and messes up sometimes he makes her fall for him every you know a couple days in a row keeps going back and forth tries to work with his uh her um dad and brother and then you know eventually they get together it works out they find a system that works and they have a daughter and live happily ever after. This is starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, and it is a treasure. <laughs> well, we already know what David thinks about the film. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a great synopsis. Um, it uh, very concise. Yes. So a couple things about this movie, and it's crazy to think that 2004 was like 17 years ago yeah. at this point because – when I think about this movie, I think, oh, 2004, that was like last year. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> and a lot has changed um, how we tell stories and like what we think is acceptable. So let's dive into it. So what? you kind of raised the first good point. So the basic premise of this movie is that Adam Sandler is dating someone with like a pretty massive brain injury that it's to the point where she's she's living ground Groundhog's Day, and she doesn't realize, essentially. Yeah, that's a, that's so, a good way to put it. Yeah. So to me, this kind of reads a little problematic. You know, I think there is something sweet that runs through the film, which is like proving to someone every day that you how much you love them. We've seen this in another in, in other films where, you know, people have to like remind, I mean, The Notebook does it, you know. There are films that use this conceit. But I did want to ask you, do you think... This is kind of problematic. 
See, at, at first you're like, oh, just let her be in her comfort zone. She has people in the community that care about her, know her family, and work to keep this kind of facade up in her life to make her, you know, not have that traumatic experience of your world's crashing in on you. Like, can you imagine experiencing that? Like, you've been living the same day for almost a year. And it's like, whoa. Um, so it is at first like, ah, you know, maybe just let her do her own thing, keep it moving. But if he brings some sort of joy to her and we find out in the film that she's dreaming about him every night and painting. So if like, then you should go with that. Right. And if he loves her and she loves him, the, the family signing off on it and you're bringing joy to her and she doesn't have, she can experience some life, some happiness, then yeah, then I'm all for it. Right. It's sort of, it's sort of a fine line for me personally. Um, because she, you know, every morning she wakes up and she's like, uh, well, you know, spoiler alert, he makes a video to show them their life together. But she has to basically relearn her life from, you know, basically the day after the accident. And I kind of feel bad for her because, you know, she has no, like, emotional attachment to him at this point. Like, she's basically taking, well, not just his word, because she's, like, obviously talking to herself too, but, like, she's yeah, having to relearn this thing all day. Like, what if you woke up suddenly and you didn't know that you loved your partner? Like, I don't know. There's a part of me that was like, well, what if she just wants to be free? What if she doesn't want to be married? Like, she doesn't remember. True, but she started keeping that journal. And she True. did want to let him go so he could be free of her, basically. She was very unselfish with that. And then she started to remember him through her yeah. dreams. So somewhere it's true. there. He is like per- permeating her like longer term memory. Yeah, she's somehow, keeps painting his face. Yeah. yeah. All like she had that studio of thousands, which is hilarious. She had that one of an egg, uh, egg <laughs> on top of a, <laughs> a torso that was cracked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But then at the same time, it's like people that have injuries or, you know, some sort of disability. If we go that one way, then it's like, no, you should just let them be but you don't know what kind of happiness and you don't know. It's probably on this case with her mindset, it's probably each individual is going to have different experiences, right? With that traumatic brain injury, brains are so tricky. So if she starts to remember him just a little bit and it's, she's putting it in her journals that, you know, that she is happy, then maybe it it, it works for her. Yeah. I know. I see what you're saying. Um, they also do, there's one part of the film where they go to like the brain doctor mm-hmm. and Dan Aykroyd, they, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and they meet a bunch of people who have worse brain injuries than her. There's like 10 second Tom. Right. <laughs> and is that what his name is? Um, yeah, yeah. Hi, that's, that's what I'm calling him. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm Tom. And they, I mean, it's funny, but it's kind of like, it is making fun of someone that's had like a really, bad situation i mean i know we can't nitpick every single com- comedy thing especially yeah. in an and- adam sandler movie um but yeah it was just something that i thought of right away i mean like it's such a fine line to be you know in charge of someone with an injury like that with you know brain stuff is so wild um and can be so different person to person i just yeah was curious to think of the ethics um and also you know at the end you're right like they end up they're on a boat uh they're in the uh, where are they alaska Alaska. he's like yeah yeah. and she has a daughter who she has to meet every day i don't know i think that would be real she kind of just accepts it and hugs her daughter but Mm -hmm. don't you think that would be so upsetting as a parent to be like i have a 
six-year-old and I don't remember a single second. I don't remember birth, you know, or I was also thinking of like, what if she's waking up pregnant and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think they mentioned that in the, in the movie, but at the same time, we, they didn't really allude to it, but she may have remembered, had memories or dreams of her daughter. Right. Right. We don't, we don't know or like what she put in her journal, but that's the thing. It's like, she's going to wake up one day. Adam says it to her, uh, or what's his, what's Adam's Henry Roth, right? Adam's character says it to her dad. So she's just going to wake up and be like old one day. How's that going to work? Right. When she thinks it's the same day. So he took the effort and was on him as just one person who cared about another person and says, no, we're going to try. So that's, that's a great that, segue and that's a great segue to talk about his character in this film for the first, <laughs> you know, in the intro. So Dr. Henry Roth, as you mentioned, he works at like a marine place, like kind of a sea world yeah. and he's a total womanizer. I think you kind of mentioned in the synopsis, he, you know, is always coming up with these like ludicrous excuses of why he has to leave. And basically the opening scene is all these women recounting their experience in Hawaii with Dr. Henry Roth. And one woman's like, and then he turned out he was married or then he turned out he was gay. And then I think the last one is like, he's like, yeah, I'm a secret agent. And he just jumps on the back of someone's (laughs) like, whatever that thing is. And it was interesting too, because that, that uh, group of women, and I think there was one guy in there too. Um, And it was, they were so different from each other. Right. There's all different kinds of kinds of women. And there's that older woman too. And he's like, Dr. Harry Roth, like Harry balls or something like that. That's right. Yeah. Just someone else. But it's, it's interesting. So yeah, this was something I was kind of reading about. Um, Obviously Adam Sandler, you know, he doesn't want to get involved with anyone local because he likes the impermanence of the relationships. And then he's at this diner and he sees Drew Barrymore's character, who is Lucy Whitmore. Or Lucy, is that her name? Did I write yes. it down? Yeah, yeah Lucy. Lucy Whitmore. And then, you know, he sees her making, a, like, a, an architectural feat out of waffles. <laughs> and I did read this part in this one article that was like, why was the quirky, like, insane girl always like, that's it, that's the one? Like, why was that the thing in the aughts? But it was, like, a trope that people used, like, the zany girl oh, okay. like he sees her like making this fort out of waffles and he's like i love her like he's basically <laughs> taken with her right away but yeah, um something about her yeah but it was just interesting that like he you know he is this womanizer and then suddenly he like feels very conflicted because he has this perfect day with this woman and then it's kind of perfect because he you know at first he struggles with the ethics of dating someone with a brain injury he actually mentions it in the film and then his friends are like this is perfect for you and then he goes for it yeah so okay and i'm gonna play the the devil's advocate a little bit here so as far as womanizer if all those women left vacation right kind of happy and okay with what went down is he technically a womanizer I see I that's interesting I thought the definition of like a womanizer was someone that like sleeps with a bunch of women but okay maybe you're thinking see, but of that, different yeah womanizer to me has like a uh, real like negative connotation to it you know like got it whether it's like mental abuse or just treats women like trash but if he's right taking them out building you know making them feel good on their vacation and then it's, it's like they definitely part ways. Yeah. Right. It's definitely consensual. It's like, it's like it, you know, he, they think they're having like this amazing Hawaii fling. And for him, it's yeah. like a paint by numbers. Yeah. But I'm um, just I do did this I, and they're going to leave. 
I did just Google the definition of womanizer and it says philanderer, Casanova, Don Juan, Romeo, Lothario, flirt, ladies man, playboy, seducer. So I guess he is by that definition, but I don't, yeah. yeah. It's not like he's just ghosting these women. He like makes up some lie, which is still not great. Like you shouldn't be lying. I'm just wondering, um, you shouldn't, yeah, definitely shouldn't lie to get laid, but so as womanizer it's would you think of it as a negative term i mean i think it has a negative term to us because it's like nobody wants to be considered a womanizer but yeah i mean you make a good point like he's having consensual relationships with these women but Mm. then there is that weird scene where he goes to the bar and this girl is like super drunk and then he's like there's no alcohol in that drink um and he basically tricked her because he wants her to feel like she's loose enough to sleep with him without, like it's a, like a weird blurry that. line. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that made me cringe a little bit. It's like, yeah. eh, you know, no, he's like, I bring women here and they drink that. So they have, what do you say? Guilt-free sex with me all right. night long or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was so. a, little, a little cringy. I'm just, yeah. you hear womanizer and it's like, oh, that dude's a piece of shit. But then, uh. um, because you kind of want to do it both ways. So if a woman did that, like, uh, what's that Amy Schumer movie? And she was hooking up with like a bunch of people. Is it, you know, is is it that I Feel techni- Pretty? No. No. Train okay. Wreck? Train Wreck. Train Wreck, right? So then like, would she be like the women equivalent of a womanizer? Because she's kind of doing the same thing. I mean, I guess what? Yeah. I mean, people would probably yeah. call that like a loose woman or a slut, which is exactly. not good words. Yeah. No. And that's like negative. So that's what I'm kind of. Yeah. Is in the guys who she was hooking up with were all fine with what they were doing. Right. And she was fine with what she was doing. So she's not. I like, think. Recall. I think her it's more. I think it's more the lying. To be honest, like you can sleep around. That doesn't offend me. But yeah. like. The fact that he's making up these elaborate lies to just like <laughs> vanish from these women, yeah. you know, that's kind of agent. like, yeah, the special agent one was hilarious because he, what is the th- that thing called like a ski do or whatever? That uh, he basically is like, I gotta, yeah, jet ski. He's like, I gotta go, and he like talks into his watch, and then he just like <laughs> runs off the dock, and you're just like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's Adam as a womanizer, or in this case, Dr. Henry Roth. Um, I also think it's funny. And I do want to talk about Sandlerisms later, but I do think it's funny that Adam Sandler's character is meant to be this like totally sexy guy and no shade to Adam Sandler. Like if I met him tomorrow and he was like, do you want to bang? I probably would because, you know, he's a legend. (laughs) But would I look at him in a movie and be like, wow, what a babe. I don't know. I don't know. But he makes fun of himself too. He said that to uh, Lucy, Drew Barry's uh, character, when they go to the hospital, the memory hospital or brain hospital and she's like wait who's this guy and her dad's like you guys have that's your boyfriend you guys have been dating he goes oh sorry i'm not better looking yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah so yeah. It, it's just it's just funny like whenever you watch these movies that these guys clearly kind of created it's like blah blah the sexy love interest <laughs> and he's like they're wearing like cargo shorts and like a hawaiian shirt yep. like, yeah whereas now we've got like you know the chris hemsworth of the world like ripped um but yeah but so let's talk about the hawaiian thing so set in hawaii i actually read an article with the director who said that this film they were originally going to set it in seattle i saw that which it yeah would be a totally different movie but it's set in hawaii 
Um, Adam Sandler is just walking around wearing Hawaiian shirts all day, every day. And what else, David, that's a little problematic? So, like, this definitely popped out in my head, right? So, Ula, Rob Schneider's character, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider is a stapler. So, so, like, Ula, okay. But then reading some of these articles, it's kind of, that's what I was, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this because part of it is there is a lot of diversity in here, but... One of the articles I read said there's only like 10% of like diversity and it's mostly white people. But at the same time, the story is, you know, the love interests happen to be white. So their family is going to be white. But, you know, there's people that were Hawaiian in the restaurants and that her mom's best friend, right, was a native. But then you get Ula, Rob Schneider, and there's a, a you know, decent Asian population or, uh, you know, yeah. cast in, in this as you well. You definitely see some of the older like Japanese Mm-hmm esque yeah, actors and that older guy was hilarious but Ula Rob Schneider's character it's like is this kind of cultural appropriation but then I was reading about it and he's part Filipino and the second largest ethnic group in Hawaii is Filipino so it's like you know it's like oh, like which way do you go with this yeah but then I, he's I, trying I, to do like the accent and yeah. trying to speak in their native language and I was you know some of the stuff I read is a lot of people don't even the natives don't even really speak that because um, when they were colonized, they were spo- mm. they were punished for speaking it, and it kind of went mm. away some of their native tongue. Listen, yeah. I think Rob Schneider is very funny, um, but I did find this portrayal offensive. Yeah, um, and I'd be curious to hear from some native people. But I'm, you know, you you make a good point. Like he's half Filipino, and but then it's like. Does that mean that someone who's, you know, half black can make like a blackface joke or like, you know, it just like opens. Yeah. I don't know. See, but then is somebody half black, can they do blackface? Because they're already blackface. That's, and that's what I'm kind of uh, yeah. like torn about this, right? Well, because... what if they're, what if they're really white presenting? You know what I mean? Like w- that someone might get offended if they, yeah, I don't know. But also it's, they're it... white. So like, do they get right. the pass for the half whiteness for making white? white jokes right because mm, if they yeah. if they grew up in that culture right mm. say that you know white white mom black dad like me if i grew up in both simultaneously do i have the right to make jokes on either side because i experienced uh, that life on both yeah, sides but but did rob schneider grow up in hawaii yeah i don't i don't know i don't think so yeah and that's the thing too yeah. and he's trying to be like a specific um you know yeah they're like yeah. and also his portrayal isn't exactly like glowing you know he's like he has all these kids and they're kind of making fun of him for being a dumbass Mm -hmm. and like it's just a you know i mean rob schneider again like a very physically comedic person and an actor but the way he came across in this movie and just the way like even adam sandler's character talks to him is like ooh la like they just like yeah it's like he's oof, really kind of yeah but, he's the butt his the kids jokes. are cute though and it's funny they're great at everything and <laughs> they're perfect uh but yeah, yeah. I'd, same as you i'd love to hear some you know somebody from that culture tell me if they found that offensive yeah that, right? i mean I, I don't want to speak for them but I, yeah. I my guess would be that like yeah it is a little offensive because you know you don't ever want th- th- how many native hawaiian Rep, like representations have you seen i think that there's a new movie out on netflix called um chasing awana i tried to i started watching it when we were on the road and it was really great but like you know if there's not a lot about your culture in 
popular in popular culture or like visibly on TV and stuff, I think you would be sensitive to someone making fun of yeah, yeah of the representation. So I uh, yeah, I definitely would be curious. I know a few you know native Hawaiian people, and I might might ask them like, hey, have you seen this movie lately? And <laughs> what, <laughs> what did you, you think? think? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, some people will be like, that's hilarious. I know we've done movies before where I'll be like, oh, the lack of representation in this movie really bothered me. And you're like, no, nah, it didn't bother me at all. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't want to speak for you. Exactly. You know? So same. I, I'd love to hear, you know, one of your friends' takes on that because it's, you know, you get that little thing in your head. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and it's like, am I, am I right to have this feeling or not? Yeah, I mean, I it was one of the first things I wrote down. I was like, okay, yeah. Rob Schneider as a <laughs> pretending to be a Native Hawaiian. Like, mm. yeah, I put cultural um, appropriation but uh, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you see Rob Schneider pop up in a movie, and you're like, what is he gonna say? Yeah, because like what now? Big Daddy, he did something similar, didn't he? He played some sort of oh, like, yeah. ethnic role. I always think if. I always think of him in the one, I can't remember which movie, but it's like, you can do it all night long. And I'm pretty <laughs> that's, uh, sure that's him. Waterboy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty he, sure he's like making fun of someone. I think he yeah. was making, th- um, in that one, it's like more like hillbillies. He was making fun of her like. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, t- tweet us your thoughts on, on Rob Schneider <laughs> is native Hawaiian. Ula. Um, but one thing I was not on the fence about was the transphobic and homophobic um, themes. And I know that in 2004, we were probably still saying, like, that's so gay. Um, but we don't say that anymore because that's not cool. And, you know, David and I are both huge advocates for the LGBTQ plus community. But, um yeah, the first thing that I, one of the first things I wrote down was, uh, what the fuck is happening with Alexa, the character, his assistant? Yeah. Um, kind of this, I think meant to be like Swedish or like some kind of European mm-hmm. assistant Icelandic. with a braid in the hair, yeah. Icelandic. Um, the first thing, pretty much one of the first things we get introduced to Alexa is uh, Adam Sandler's character hits her in the face with a with fish, fish, and she, yeah, stuck she like, me. she like dives into the fish uh, bucket this huge barrel and they just, you know, she's just the butt of a lot of jokes. And, um, there's one point where, uh, I don't want to mispronoun this person, but I think she's meant to be female presenting. And then, um, she says something to Adam Sandler's character and he's like, I don't date men. And yeah. like, just making fun of her, like sexuality and yeah. yeah tell me your thoughts. Looked. So I, not on the, this definitely popped out her getting hit in the fa- face with that fish and kind of getting shit on a little bit. Right. Um, and she's just kind of a weird character to begin with for this, right? But so there's there's a couple things. So the transphobia part. He there's another character that transitioned in this movie when he meets all of her friends and um, Maya Rudolph is there, right? One right. of Adam Sandler's buddies plays somebody that just transitioned, and they're I all like that. open and yeah. accepting of that woman that turned into a man. Right, so that's what kind of it's played. It's bit. played by a, it's played by a man, right? Not yeah. By a so they so actress. casting, yeah. But he's still he's still putting it out there, and it's not like they were making fun of that person, right? So I, for me, it's just knowing Adam Sandler's like career in Big Daddy. He had two of his friends. They they weren't gay. I don't think in real life, but he had them 
playing gay and he kept pushing back on one of his other friends his other friend would be like oh it's like are you used to that and he's like yeah there's just two people that are in love right so right so you're saying there's like elements of him being progressive exactly like he's putting these things in his movies right. to put them out in the front and for people to see and to be accepting so he's like he didn't yeah. have right he didn't have if, i i if, actually i remember i wrote down something about that character that transitioned and i did I, all i wrote was a joke about gender reassignment surgery but i didn't write down the actual joke um okay. but yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to have to agree to disagree. I think okay. there was also um, the same woman that he's in the bar, and he's like, there's no alcohol in that drink. And, like, uh, he kind of, like, says, oh, you should go home with her. Like, you know, no one will know. And I just I felt like there were undertones of, mm, like, a little bit homophobia and transphobia, but also maybe I'm extremely sensitive to it. But I, I really do think the character of Alexa, like, just the way they handled it was – some of the comments he made, I was like, Ugh. yeah, they're a little off putting. I already talked yeah. to her. Yeah. But and just, just like, uh, but also that's probably me. Well, I was just going to say, that's also like just the way he treats his assistant in general. Like he's not very nice to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> sort of teases her. It's just, and that's my thing with this particular movie is other works he's done. Right. Is mm. he, he's like building up people from that community and he's, because he doesn't have, if he was homophobic or something like that, for me, I'd be like, he wouldn't even put them in his films or he would really be trashing people. Now, he was with with her, with Alexa, but then, there, like I said, there's that other character that transitioned and, like, they're all having a good time and it was one of Drew's or Lucy's friends. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that, you know, it's, it's the low-hanging fruit jokes. It's the... Oh, she's a dude. Used to be a dude, or like, yeah. I thought you were a guy. I don't yeah. date guys. Yeah, to me. Was... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Little... I don't like the way you talk to talk I to think... Alexa's character. I don't think that would happen in a 2021 movie. Those types of jokes, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, or they, it, it might be like a similar vibe of a joke, but I feel like it would be worded very differently. Right, um, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but what about animal rights, David? <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it and it's, okay. they didn't show him doing too many tricks other than like high-fiving and stuff like that. But I guess this walrus, uh, the main one, Siku, um, died at like the age of 23 and it, it was like, uh, six flags or something like that, maybe in Hawaii that, the, oh, really? that, that walrus worked at, worked at. Um, it, yeah, involuntarily it was, exactly, yeah. like a slave exactly slave slave labor um <laughs> imprisoned for, yeah, for life for, for shitty fish uh, but it was a female actually oh yeah so it's just, and i wonder if they just use all females but it's like okay so how did you get them to do all those tricks the yeah. stuff we've seen before is pretty fucked up how yeah. you get these animals to act the way you want them to act so i think also like with um i'm sure you saw that documentary blackfish like um, there's just about SeaWorld. Yeah, there's just so much pushback now to these places uh, where you know, and like dolphins should not be in. Dolphins travel, you know, hundreds of miles uh, in the ocean, probably more thousands. I don't know. I'm not a dolphin expert, but you know, <laughs> to have those kinds of creatures and to have, I mean, listen, I feel like penguins is a little bit fair game, but even then like wild penguins should be out in the, I don't know. I, I mean, this is a really like a change that I've had personally recently, but I'm starting to not love the idea of zoos. Um, 
and I don't like a, I don't like Zeus. Yeah, I have I don't, it for a while. It's this is like a newish thing to me. Like I guess that's just my lack of knowledge. But you know, because I loved the zoo growing up, I loved seeing um, animals and stuff like that. But yeah, like polar bears should not be in the zoo. Um, elephants, I don't know, unless they like need rehabilitation. Like there's just yeah. so so much giraffes. Uh, yeah. Gazelles, yeah. <laughs> lions, tigers. So many things. Yeah. If it's yeah. conservation and you're trying to uh, protect a species, yeah, great. But do more, right. do more uh, like crowd, um, what is it, like getting getting money. I'm yeah, and I, and I don't know that prote- that protecting a species is getting, yeah, like walruses to do tricks and high fives and stuff. So exactly, but I'm saying if you, like those animals should be in the wild and they yeah. should be like on a larger they should be able to roam and in their kind of own, you know, atmosphere basically and not in San Diego zoo or the Milwaukee zoo. Cause it's, for me, it's right. sad going back, you know, even though little kids love it and it's great, but you know, we have the discovery channel now and, <laughs> and yeah. you can see these things on TV. Yeah. It's, but it's I, hard. Um, and I think especially like sea creatures, I mean, just again, because of like the light that's been shone on, uh, places like SeaWorld, um, and that kind of thing, it's, it just raises a lot of questions. I mean, they don't really touch on, on it too much in the, in the movie, but, um, certainly like it kind of all ties into his whole, like hitting on tourists and stuff like that. Then he works at a place that's very like tourist heavy. Um, but yeah, I was wondering if it had stuck out to you and uh it's definitely not ideal no it's uh, i just don't see the need for it you can raise money to help animals into you know where professionals are doing this somewhat in the wild or on preservation land or something like that right i just i've I've never been as an adult i've never been cool going to a zoo and being like oh this is this is amazing see an animal sad behind a glass i know and I wonder now as well, like in 2021, like post Blackfish and all this like move to have animals be yeah protected and stuff like that. I wonder if they would even use this job as a job in movies nowadays, because like it's just, you know, back then, you know how like in the 2000s, like every guy seemed to be like an architect or work at a magazine, you know, <laughs> this was just like one of those stereotypical jobs. Like, oh, she, she works with animals or he works with. Yeah, sea yeah. creatures. Yeah. I'm sure it was meant to show that he was, you know, like a sweet person at heart. Kind-hearted, yeah. Yeah. Like and then tro- you get like, to, who doesn't like to see some cool-looking animals wave yeah. and slap five, right? But, yeah, and like I love love the penguin stuff, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's sad. But anyway, <laughs> that's animal rights. And then the last thing I had on my list, which we kind of alluded to earlier, was just Sandlerisms. Sandlerisms, So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, so Adam Sandler is the first celebrity I ever saw in LA. I was at Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood, and I think I was just here for like a weekend visiting friends, and we went to Barney's Beanery, which is kind of a grungy bar, and has like games and stuff inside, and I was sitting there facing the door, chatting with this girl, and in walked Adam Sandler, and I was mind blown because you know i wasn't used to like la where random celebrities just live their lives as they should um and i you know i was a big adam sandler fan growing up and he obviously did an amazing job in uh, uncut gems recent like last year but 
uh, the Sandlerisms. You just cannot escape them in an Adam Sandler movie. You know he's going to do the little Nicky voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love when he gets upset, right? Oh my god! And he's like, he's like, why would her dad give me this tape to remind me of her daughter? What an asshole! And he yeah. like freaks out. I love when he does that stuff. Yeah, or um, he. This is so something that, you know, he pitched to, like, when he pretends he can't read and she has to, like, <laughs> help him read the menu. And he's like, I can't read. And again, same. He's, like, freaking out. Um, yeah. Was there any other Sandlerisms that popped out to you in this? Uh, let's see. Uh, like, when he, I was alluded to it before, when he talks about, yeah, he's not, like, handsome or anything like that. that to me, that's always funny. He's like, yeah. Puts himself down, like self-deprecating a little bit. Self-put down. Yeah, yeah, I think that's always funny. Yeah. yeah. He always looks so confused in so many <laughs> scenes. Like, that's his go-to move. It's just to, like, oh, wow. You know, he's got this, like, really distinctive, like, yeah. It's interesting. I wonder I wonder for him how different it was working on a movie like Uncut Gems to something like this. Yeah, where he's doing a bunch of character work. Basically, yeah. I I did think it's funny too. Um, he when he put Lucy's brother on the ground and what was that? Is that Doug Whitmore? Yeah. Yeah, Dougie. Yeah. He was hilarious. Um, yeah. Was it Sean Astin, Rudy? Yeah. And he was in Lord of the Rings. I thought he was hilarious, and I read that he dressed up like that and like practiced the lisp, and he would record himself like make little tapes of it to do that character work for this. I th- I thought he was Damn. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Adam Sandler is just Adam Sandler. You know, like Rob Schneider is a stapler. <laughs> Adam Sandler is yeah. a whatever, whatever. And do you do you like it? Do you watch like all of his movies and chuckle I, at all of them? I think I do. You know me. Like I will watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um I did try to watch Hubie Halloween and I thought it was kind of stupid. <laughs> that was, that came out last year. Yeah. I like um, I don't want I don't want to diss the guy because I think he's like, you know, as someone who's super interested in comedy, I think he's the fucking godfather of Mm -hmm. so much of the comedy that I loved growing up. I think it's just as an adult and kind of what the whole premise of this podcast is like, you just rewatch something that you thought was so funny as a kid. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, you know, he's the king of slapstick humor of like little dirty poop jokes and, Mm -hmm. you know, slapping someone in the face with a fish or Rob Schneider with a mop on his head with like coconut <laughs> bra, you know what I mean? Like it's, See, it's, 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 it's got me laughing. It gets you. Yeah. I like, mean, I laugh. I laughed at little Nikki, right? Because I just take <sighs> it for. I take all these things for what they are, right? And it's yeah. you know, don't think about it. Just try to laugh at it. Don't think like, oh, this is stupid. Like, uh, you know, this shit to me, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a good time. Like, yeah. you know, so I thought it was interesting. So the first film that Adam Sandler and Andrew Barrymore did together was uh, The Wedding Singer, which mm-hmm. was Lightning in a Bottle. That is still, I mean, that, that'd be a good one to revisit too, but it's such a cute movie um, and they have such great chemistry. And like, you know, as much as we like rag on Adam Sandler in this movie, like, you cannot fault Drew Barrymore's performance in this. She's just a little ray of sunshine. She crushed She's, this. Yeah. Yeah. She's I just like a Drew loving. I Barrymore in anything. I know. She's amazing. I'm a big fan. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Adam. I mean, they do it in such a way in this movie that's like not 
scary, but he basically stalks the woman, you know, and like devises all these like crazy plans to get to talk to her. Cause like you, like you said, sometimes he'll run and he'll have a streak of good days where she yeah. like accepts it and she likes him. And then, you know, before he kind of teams up with the dad and the brother, like there's one scene where he pretends his car's broken down yeah. um, or uh, his friend's mugging him. Like Ula's mugging him and she gets out and like <laughs> beats, beats the shit out of him with a bat. That was hilarious. Yeah. um and that's uh, yeah it it could be creepy but at the same time it's is that romantic is that courting is that courting someone because he she was dancing the first time they met and so was he so he knows that how well it can go and that she does have a feeling for him but you know he fucks up a few times and then he's got to try to like you could see this, like, if it was someone other than Adam Sandler, you could see it coming across as, like, super creepy, right? Like, it's kind of a creepy premise. Like, ch- you yeah. know, learning what she does every day. And, yeah, and then keep showing up and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, she likes It's to- basically... It's like Groundhog's Day, like, when um, Bill Murray's character in Groundhog's Day, like, memorizes what everybody's doing all the time. Yeah. And, and then also, like, he minds them all for information. So then he's, like, talking to the hot girl in the restaurant. And essentially Adam's doing this too. Adam's character is doing this too. Like he's got all the information. It's kind of an imbalance of power. The more I think about it, you know, she feels like she's meeting him for the first time before he makes the tape and like they're actually dating. Yeah. And he has all, he has all this extra information to kind of like trick her into liking him almost. Yeah. True. I get you. But at the same time, I mean, if it wasn't for her family and friends being near, I would, definitely yeah, jump if she was in defenseless. that boat if she was just her and he was like preying on her but she had tattoo face she had her mom's best friend that ran the cafe or owned the cafe right that was threatening him like hey you stay in line or else right so i i definitely see that that could have went a ton of different ways and it could have went super creepy yeah because you know? like you said yeah, she's and like and his friends and family get on, her friends and family get on board, you know, like he makes the tape, he interviews them and he interviews those people from the diner and they're like, you can trust him, like blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah it's, um, it's kind of crazy. I, I love these two together. Like you said, they did 51st or Wedding Singer first. And mm-hmm. when you said that, that reminded me, he, they cast a trans person in Wedding Singer. Well, and that was good. the first one they did. He, it was his friend that, um, that sang at weddings with him. That's, uh. I forget who's. Yeah, but she's she's like famous. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I she was singing. Boy, she was singing Boy so George. Long. Oh yeah, Wedding yeah. Singer is from like 1996. That is yeah, a yeah. that's an older one. And then they did so, Blended uh, in 2014 together. Which I haven't seen actually, but that's yeah. exactly t- ten years after um, this one came out because this is yep. 2004. Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think I have a lot of problems with this movie, but I'm also super critical. And, <laughs> you know, I feel like you are more like, we can enjoy movies and be dumb. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> but that's the great thing about this podcast is like, we can really talk about it. And hopefully yeah. people listening in can be like, oh yeah, I agree with that. Or no, Paris I, is talking shit. I, I definitely agree with you on, you know, like the transphobia stuff. And if I thought it was, super malicious like i agree with you how he's talking to alexa he was out of pocket for that and like talking to her the wrong way i felt 
dirty when he slapped her in the face with a fish, right? Just felt <laughs> off to me. Yeah. Um, and you felt you felt dirty. You said, you know, it made you feel uncomfortable with the, the drink thing. Like the whole, yeah, like, yep. you're dry. Like there's definitely, I think there's things that make you kind of cringe, like you say. Yep. You're like, ugh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Um, but you, as you say, like the, the spirit of it. I don't know. I'm not agreeing with you. Yeah, and, that, and that's I, fine. And that's fine. And I, and I love <laughs> it. I'm just, I just feel like, you know, and I'm looking at all his work. And then this movie, it's right. Like if he, if I felt he was malicious trying to make fun of people, yeah. or marginalized people, that'd be one thing. But I, I don't think that's who he is, basically. Um, an interesting tidbit I found out about this movie was that they were going to call it 51st Kisses. Yeah. But... And which is a cute name, yeah. but ap- apparently when they were testing it, um, men were completely like, "No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not watching Fifty First Kisses." Like, do you think? Do you think that guys? I mean, you obviously enjoyed this movie. Do you think guys enjoyed this type of movie? I I think so. If you if you like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore is fucking hilarious in this too. Yeah, um, she's got great comic. Time yeah, well. when he pretends to electrify himself, and he's like, "Oh my god," and then she's like. My grandfather died trying to jumpstart a car, and she yeah. gets him. Like I was, I was laughing at that. She's, she's awesome. So, yeah, I feel this is a good movie for, for the the fellows and the ladies. Um, I also read in the same article that they debated having Lucy be cured. Now you looked up what the the thing that Lucy has is. What is that? Yeah. Called? So it's. Anterograde, I don't know, I'm fucking this up. Anterograde amnesia is a loss of the ability to create new memories um, mm-hmm. from an event that caused amnesia, leading to partially or complete like um, inability to recall the recent past. Mm. So, and I think they call it like Goldberg's disease or something like that in the movie. In the movie, yeah. yeah so the name was the name was um, not accurate. What they called it, but yeah, th- this does happen from traumatic yeah. traumatic brain injuries interesting so that that's just when you have trouble creating short-term memories mm. you wouldn't necessarily wake up and think it was the day before yeah uh, you know they, they specifically made this right for this film but um did you see that drew barrymore saw the script before adam sandler did like four years no. prior yeah interesting yep she uh she had this like four years prior and then um, she was working on it with somebody that didn't go anywhere. And then she found out Adam Sandler was working on it and she wrote like a typewriter written letter to him on, you know, why she wanted to work with him on it. And he was like, yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I would actually be really interested to track down the script and see how it was written because it, just from what I've been researching, it seems like it had kind of a different vision. Um, I think it works well being set in Hawaii, you know, native Hawaiian portrayal aside um, because you know Hawaii is a pretty safe place and like I think it kind of says that you know you know when you're on vacation and like you lose track of days and every day kind of seems the same I think I haven't been to Hawaii but like I feel like it's you know life is good there like it's beautiful the sun always shines similar to how LA like without the seasons you kind of get a bit lost sometimes like what time of year is it you know so I think that worked really well as like a as a a backdrop and it kind of took on a character I, for me yeah. as in this movie. A lot better than what it would have been in Seattle. Seattle. They, they shot this at the ranch that um, Jurassic Park was shot at, King, uh, oh. Kong, Skull Island, actually like three different Jurassic 
Park movies. So, mm. yeah. So, 51st Dates. Uh, I don't even think I went on 50 dates with my partner before we were like, you know, you just like, I know you still go on dates, which I think is really cute, but you mean I'm at the point. With my, with my booth With thing? your lady? Yeah. With your booth thing. You guys don't, go, what do you mean? You guys don't go on dates? <sighs> I mean, I think you just get to a point where you're like, your date is sitting on a couch, uh, you know, like ordering a pizza type situation. Yeah. Like, you guys just I mean, went somewhere. We went on a road trip. That doesn't really count Aww. as a date. We also got stuck in a national park, which is a story for another time. I will share that with the podcast at some point. Um, it was terrifying. We had to break into a cabin and sleep in a rager's cabin overnight. It was, I thought I might die. There was like an hour where I thought I would die. The rest of the time I was like, this is going to be such a good story. And the other yeah. hour I was like, I'm going to die. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I mean, that is one cute thing. And I, and I don't want to completely shit on this movie. But like, like I said at the top, you know, this kind of makes the point that like, you know, you should, I mean, we, my boyfriend and I, Scott and I should go on more dates. Like you should show someone every day that you love them. Like, thank God I don't wake up with no memories, you know, and have to <laughs> learn uh, it every day. But he really does go above and beyond. To, um, yeah. Yeah. To I do plans. have to say though, I don't know if it was me. I thought it was a little unrealistic how they're on a boat at the end. Like if she has this memory problem, I think it would be nice for her to have something familiar, you know, like she's got a daughter and she's on a boat and yeah. she's married and, you know. Her dad was there. True. Her dad yeah. was there. And that's the thing. I think you incorporate her journal where she, she started writing herself, right? And um, she took but off. They don't, they don't say her, see, they, sorry, they don't show her waking up and immediately reading, reading that, that, right? It's just yeah. the DVD. Yeah, I mean, that's like, says. that adds to her legitimacy where she's like, oh, I haven't been kidnapped. Yeah. And I, my dad's there, so it's okay. This is safe. What they're a, telling me, and then maybe maybe she goes and looks at her journal and sees what yeah. happened the, the day before. Or it's a pretty yeah. big leap. It's a pretty big. You'd have to really trust the, this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I would like, freak out. I are you kidding me? I, I there's would no freak. way I, <laughs> I would do any so, of this stuff. And then yeah. she's on a boat. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, in right, the like, Arctic or wherever the fuck, Alaska. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Like, man, um, put me back in. To the, yeah. <laughs> to, to the dream I was world. Literally, yeah. I was literally driving a car yesterday and picking pineapples in my brain. You yeah. know what I mean? And now I'm in a freezing cold. Um, <laughs> but also I was thinking, this is such a stupid thing to think, but like, okay, so an average, a day has 24 hours in it, but like, let's say you wake up like 7 a.m. Uh, how long was that tape? How many hours does it take? That's the thing. Like she's not building new memories because every single day she has to learn who she is. And it must get like longer and longer every day. Cause now it's like, and yeah. now you have a kid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How many hours a day does she get of good, solid, good where, yeah. not screaming. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they said, yeah, she has her good days and bad days. Right. She comes up to the house to her dad and her brother. And he's like, Oh, she's having a bad day. And right. they got, they have like, they got to prepare for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, I, I mean, that's the thing though. This brain injury, it's something like specific and kind of wildly crazy. And it's, hey, this guy loves her and he's going to keep working with her. And I, I, I don't know how I'd take that. Right. Yeah. It'd be it'd be wild. And you kind of you kind of made me think of something which I can't believe I didn't bring up earlier. But like, you know, she's the main female actress. And like, I mean, there's like one other or two other like female characters in this. Right. 
it did kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit how the men are like making these decisions for her. And I get it that it's like her dad and her brother, like who else is going to be the one making the decision. But in the beginning they lie to her. They have all these fake or not fake newspapers, but it's like newspapers from the same day. And I know that it, in the movie it comes from a good place. They're trying to keep her stable and happy and not freak out. But they're essentially Britney Spears' dadding her, you know, like keeping her really <laughs> locked down. Yeah. Well, and it's the so. whole, it's not just her parent or her dad and her brother, it's a community that's all yeah. in on it as well. I mean, how shitty would that feel to be like, you all knew? She's you know. like getting Truman showed. She is getting, yeah. <laughs> on top of, you know, that with the brain injury. That movie, I, did that movie mess with your head when you were a kid a little, a little bit you know it's probably still pops in my head every once in a while i thought that <laughs> i used to like turn away from the bathroom mirror thinking that there were like cameras in <laughs> they're watching you don't watch that movie as a young kid um <laughs> but okay so who did you have for your crew shout out because this movie was definitely yes. not made by one person no so i went with uh jack green uh, cinematographer okay. on this project Ooh. because I read that shooting in Hawaii is real temperamental and hmm. with, if it's cloudy you're trying to get a shot and the light you know have the Changes. lighting good and then if the cloud opens or parts or opens up that screws it up rain all mm. that different stuff so um, I, I'm sending a shout out to Jack Green he's worked on Beverly Hills Cop um Rocky, looks like Rocky Four, Pretty in Pink. He was a camera operator. He's been doing stuff since, geez, early 70s, and he's still wow. working. So, Legend. Jack Green, yeah, we see you. We appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate you. you um, I got Richard Robinson. He was a prop maker on this film, which I thought was apt because, obviously, like, they have all the f- the newspapers from the same day. There's like, yeah, there's a lot of props in this. I mean, I wonder how many waffles they went through to make all those different <laughs> houses. And were they real waffles? I'm going to guess that they were some kind of like styrofoam. But this, I I watched it and I was like, I want to get waffles now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Richard, uh, right after this, did the Polar Express. He did A Better Life. He did Drive. And then he had a, an eight-year gap. So I wonder what he was up to. I hope he was doing something fun or traveling. Um, and then most recently, um, actually in 2019, I think it's still in post-production, uh, this movie called Horrible Histories, the movie. So excited to check that out. Yeah. Um, so what do you reckon? So, David? I mean, I can't go full didn't age at all, even though I think this movie's hilarious. But, you know, I got to stay grounded in my age like milk roots. You know, we made a promise to each other. We made a blood oath when we started this thing that we were always mm. going to keep it real. That may or may yeah. not be true. But um, I'm going to say it's slightly aged, right? So would you still, so would you still drink it? If I, it was in the I'd, I'd still drink it if it's in the fridge, but I'm hesitant. I, I took this sniff test and I'm like, I don't know. This is iffy. Looked at the date probably a few days after. And I'm like, mm-hmm. should I just maybe make some scrambies, some scrambled eggs with this? Or do I actually want to drink mm-hmm. this thing? So I'm going to say, yeah, it did, did age a little bit oh. for the couple of things we talked about. But some mm-hmm. of that's still out, right? For, you know, if people 
from that culture don't think you as a Ula, yeah, Rob Schneider's character Ula. is culture appropriation. Then, you know, I feel like this milk. I feel like what you're saying is like you knew the milk was a little bit off, but you still thought it was delicious when you drank it. And you're like, well, if I die, I die. That's my that's my interpretation of what you said. Yes, but not. I wouldn't use the word delicious because if I okay, <laughs> I know that's tasty, a tasty. Okay, there you fine. Go. It's yeah. fine. It's good. I, I put it in cinnamon toast crunch, and yeah. like the cinnamon from that made it. You know, made it. Made it better. Took that Pretty little good. that tinge. No shade. Listen, yeah. I love that you love comedy. You have a very infectious laugh. I am gonna fully go and say that this movie aged like milk for me. Okay. If this milk was in the fridge, I just wouldn't chance it. Uh, well, you know, I probably would pour it into the sink. You know how you do to see if the bits come out, and then oh. I even if no bits came out, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm out. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, again, I think Adam Sandler is super talented. Love Drew Barrymore love a lot of people that you know put their heart and soul into making this movie and i'm sure at the time they were very excited about it and i'm like i said i'm going to track down the screenplay and give it a read but i do think for the reasons outlined the transphobic kind of jokes the cultural appropriation um and then just my like real hesitation around the premise of this movie of dating someone with a brain injury <laughs> i um yeah it's it's aged for me okay i reckon yeah. i, like I reckon that. But uh, but I'm glad we watched it. And yes, I pitched it to David. I was like, hey, I just had an anniversary. Let's watch like a rom-com. <laughs> it was, he was sold. Um, yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't seen this movie in probably 10 years, to be honest. So connecting this to your anniversary, was there any kind of thing like, oh, yeah. No, it's just like, <laughs> just because it was like, they went on 51st dates. And I was like thinking about dates. And like, you know, whenever, whenever you have an anniversary, you're like, oh, remember when we like, did cute stuff yeah. did <laughs> I mean, you guys do depend- anything for the i Annie? mean we got stuck in a cabin in kaibab national okay. park so, yeah, maybe you had to it. get rescued by the sheriff um that's a whole thing my friends oh i thank god for my friends that i had to call and like get them to save me we had no self cell service so we had to connect to the wi-fi you're gonna you're realize. gonna write a love story out of that experience on valentine's day this all went down yeah. by the way um but yeah no i mean i just you know what? Actually, I remember this being so much cuter. And then when I watched it, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I mean, anniversaries always make me think of like cute rom-coms. I mean, I have a cute meet cute. I met Scott at a onesie party, onesie pub crawl. And I, I think whenever I see rom-coms, it's like cute to see how they fall in love. Like, don't you wish you kind of had a story like a oh, camera, you know, like cute stuff happened when you met Libby and yeah. Yeah. You always wish that like, it was more cinematic than it was. You're like, and then we had awkward sex for the first time. And it was great. <laughs> or like the first time you kiss, your teeth clash. Like that shit happens yeah. in rom-coms, you know? Yeah. But it's funny. Um, it is. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I think I think this is an age like milk. Would you say you're somewhat of a romantic? Oh, hell yes. Okay. I am a romantic. I also cringe kind of at being the center of attention. Um, so like... I don't think he really does anything like overt. And what does he do in this that like really shows her he loves her? I mean, he makes the video. Yeah, I'd say the patience and the everyday commitment is just. But he doesn't like in the wedding singer. Doesn't he sing to her in front of everybody? Yeah, on the plane, and he he go he gets on the plane to try to stop it, and like that I couldn't handle. If someone got up and serenaded me, I would immediately leave. (laughs) Like no. 
Like when I see proposals that are like flash mobs, I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) So like a romantic, yes. You went to a flash mob? No, I said I wouldn't do a flash mob, but the the plane thing he did, I'd probably do something like that if I could play the guitar. Yeah, just, I don't know. It's if like it was just you, you doing it, yeah, I think. Oh, if it's if it's just the two of you, but no, if it's like if there's loads of people. Oh, I, no, I'd do it in front of people for sure. Because I, I don't cringe. care about being, you know, in the spotlight for cringe. a little bit. <laughs> I would cringe. I would die. I can, uh, what I about you? You're, you're yeah, romantic? yeah. I definitely. So this is like this is why I like this stuff a lot, right? I I think it's great, and the ending is. You know, it makes you feel good. It's like bittersweet, right? Like you said, they were thinking about having her be cured, but in this the route that they went, it was like, no, he's they're they're working it out, and she's take they're giving her a shot, and she's giving herself a shot at having a somewhat normal life and love and a child, right? So she and just Drew Barrymore for me, I, like I said, I could watch her all day long, and um, you fall. I fell in love with her watching this movie, right? So mm. I, I think this movie's, you know, aged a little bit, but I, I love these two. And yeah, I'm definitely romantic and I'll, I'll watch stuff like this all the time. Cause I do. <laughs> I do good. wonder. Okay. So like, let's imagine she did get cured. So do you think that means that like from today she can remember everything? Or do you think like her brain fixes itself and she suddenly remembers everything from the last eight years? Because I imagine if my partner couldn't remember I might, if I got mad and I said something like hurtful, I'd be like, oh, it's fine. Cause tomorrow it restarts, you yeah. know? Um, I would probably, from you, you as a writer, would you go, which way would you go? Because if you do it the, the first way where she remembered everything, she'd probably like have an aneurysm because she lived so many of the same days, <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, like months and months of doing the exact same thing. Because everybody was lying to her, basically right. trying to protect her. Otherwise, you have it, like where right. something happens, she gets a surgery, and it turns back on where she can start storing those short-term memories. From I think that that's day. yeah, that's probably more realistic. From like a, I don't know science, but like I imagine that would be more realistic. It's not like you can plug something in and then suddenly like all those because me- she has no capacity to. It's not being stored. It's mm-hmm. like not saving to her hard drive yep. in her brain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, w- I'd be very curious to see how that would have played out. Um, and obviously I love a happy ending. So like I would have been down for that. Yeah. So do you think but, this wasn't a happy ending? I mean, they definitely, I mean, it definitely was supposed to be, but I just couldn't help but think like if I fucking woke, if I literally was like, I live in Hawaii and then I watch <laughs> this movie and I'm like, what the fuck? I have a kid. And like, <laughs> You know, because then you like reach down, like, do you have a scar in your belly? Like, yeah. Um, and then you're like, it's, and then he's like, put on a jacket, baby. It's cold. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, in, in a sense, is she consenting to going? You know, she has to give consent every single day to be like, what if she like yeah. woke up and she's like, cool, I hate this. So, <laughs> yeah, take me and he's back. like, okay, okay, we'll go tomorrow. And then it's like, <laughs> starts all over again. That you know what so I mean? fucked up. <laughs> yeah, we'll go tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, yeah, can we try some like freaky stuff tonight? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, we'll try it tomorrow. We'll try it tomorrow, babe. Oh, oh what if she's like, oh, I just really want to like get a dog. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You could literally <laughs> promise her anything. We'll go yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That is hilarious. Yeah, uh, I like that. Anyway. Well done. That's 50 first dates, baby. <laughs> that is. <laughs> a tenuous choice for a film, but you know what? I was... Uh, I was feeling it. Um, I think, you know what it was after, so like I made a few jokes about like the trip that we had, but it was like pretty scary and I find myself craving. So as much as I like shit on this movie a little bit and like do think it aged like milk, there is something comforting about watching an Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler movie because you like know, I mean, apart from Uncut Gems, which completely bucked the trend, <laughs> which was like the most tense movie I've ever seen in my life. I had to pace while I was watching it. It was giving me so much anxiety. Um, you know, it's a harmless movie in some ways. I mean, it definitely offended some people, I think, mm -hmm. but nothing truly horrifically terrible is ever going to happen in Waterboy or Little Nicky or The Wedding Singer or, or Fifty First Dates. So yeah. I appreciate with the current place where we're at in the pandemic, which is almost a year of being inside, mm -hmm. that like a film like this can be kind of comforting. Definitely. You know? Yeah, most, 99% of his movies are feel good and all inclusive, like blended, you know, blended family. Family, family Exactly, yeah. family friendly, trying to involve everybody. So, yes. Yeah. And that's that. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for listening, guys. We're, you know, we're, growing our number of podcasts that we have out there every day more and more but always open to suggestions please tweet us at age like milk pod i made it i made the handle but i forget <laughs> it you run it yeah uh, we'll, we'll tweet some stuff out yeah find us um find us on instagram and tell your friends about us we love new listeners and we're growing every day and it's just fun for us i mean we will make this podcast even if it's just our mom and dad's listening to us they're huge fans oh they love it they love it yeah they love it they love mm -hmm. to listen um well that's it david any yes. last thoughts no but i appreciate you and i i'm Aww. glad you had a good anniversary even though you got stuck <laughs> but it, it's, it'll be a story to tell you know we'll do some adventure movie and you can you can talk yes, about your experience we can talk about it and i wouldn't mind talking to like someone that actually could survive adventures because i feel like i made some interesting rookie mistakes and um, my big takeaway from it all and something that everybody should do is have winter tire chains in your car and definitely some snacks just in case you get stuck. Mm -hmm. And water. That's nice. And water. Um, I appreciate you too, David. Thank you for saying that. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, check your fridge. Make sure you take that milk out. Close enough. Gross <laughs> milk is gross. <laughs> That's our show, guys. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye.